Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to this podcast episode number 136, Your Mind and Weight Wellness. As a treat for you and because I'm struggling to talk today and recording a full podcast episode would be difficult, I have got the replay of one of the six areas that I taught during the Sustainable Weight Wellness Workshop last week. The six areas we covered were your body, your brain, your mind, your emotions, yourself and your life. And this snippet from the workshop is all about your mind. I also want you to know that the Lose Weight Live Life Academy is open until Monday, the 18th of September. And I am very excited to let you know that for the next three months in the Academy, we will be teaching the Food for Thought program live. Now, this starts on Monday, the 18th of September as well. And classes will be at 7.30pm every week for 13 weeks. That's UK time. Like everything in the Academy... These classes will be recorded so that if you can't make it live, you can catch them on replay and work through everything in your own time. So if you're listening to this podcast episode and you would like help to create sustainable weight loss and learn about the role that food plays in everything that you do personally, so your body, your brain, your mind and your emotions, as well as learning how to have a better relationship with yourself and love your life more, please do come and join us. And whilst this is very worthwhile work, it isn't magic. It does take a bit of time and a bit of effort. Not in the way that you need effort or willpower to stick to a diet. This is more like the effort you need to give a new hobby or any new course or skill that you're wanting to learn. Anyhow, I say this because my recommendation is that everyone who joins commits to 12 months of support if they can, because doing this work and showing up for yourself for 12 months will be life-changing for your emotional and physical well-being. Anyway, to find out more about this, please go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash enroll. And if you have any questions, please email us at support at weightwhispering.com. Okay, enjoy this segment of the workshop. Okay, so let's talk about what is going on in your mind. All right. Your current weight is the result of how you think about food, yourself and your life. Your current weight is your result of how you think about food, yourself and your life. I think this is true. I also think that your current weight is not your fault. <laughs> and I think the two almost like oppose one another. But I want you to know that your current weight is the result of how you think about food, yourself and your life. OK, we've all grow- like grown up thinking that eating all of these processed and refined foods is really normal, that we should have, you know, three meals a day, three snacks a day, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. There's a whole load of socialized food beliefs that we have that are impacting our ability to lose weight and not overeat. The thoughts and beliefs that you have about eating and your weight and foods are going to be unique to you. So there's a lot of common themes. We're influenced by society, but they're also going to be impacted by 
the, the belief systems of your parents, of your friends, of teachers at school, of food manufacturing and advertising industry, everything's going on. So it's time I want you to uncover your thinking and belief systems that keep you eating and learn how to take charge. That's what we're looking to do here. And we are phenomenally, phenomenally unaware of our thoughts and belief systems when it comes to food, because of course, we've all spent so much time eating. We make hundreds, if not thousands of food decisions or food related decisions every week. And so we're just, it's also in our subconscious, we want to bring it to our consciousness. And what we sort of, I think about this is that we are fish in water when it comes to weight loss thinking. So a fish is unaware of the water in which it swims, just like we're unaware of the air that we breathe. Okay, we're not really aware that our, wherever we are right now, it's full of air. We don't think there's anything there. We're not aware of it. And actually, our thoughts about food are a bit like that too. And if we have thoughts that are hindering to us being healthy, being slim, losing weight, and we think them over and over and over again, we start to believe them. They start to feel like our truths. Okay. And so this is what we are going to be. Oops flip back. This is what we are going to be talking about. All right. I want you to think about foods that hinder your weight loss versus foods that help your weight loss. Okay. What do you think about foods that hinder your weight loss versus foods that help your weight loss? What do you think about the process of losing weight for you? This is like what we're moving on to here in terms of the next worksheet. Before we move on, I just want to say a few more things about this. I want to almost like backtrack a little bit. So Thoughts and beliefs. So a thought is a sentence in your mind. So a lot of the time we are unaware of what we're thinking, but we have somewhere between six and 60,000 thoughts a day. A thought is a sentence in our mind. Many of our thoughts we are aware of. We have, um, when we say things out loud, for example, those are thoughts that we're aware of because we say them out loud. Many of our thoughts we're not aware of. They are below our level of consciousness. And as I said, when we think a thought over and over again, we believe it to be true and it feels factual, but in actual fact, it's not factual. What I want us to consider are the thoughts that we might have, as I was saying, about food. So examples of thoughts that we might have about food that keep us overeating, hinder our weight, I want to explore a bit with you here now. And sometimes I call these thought errors. So we can argue the case for and against whether or not they are true or not. So I'm addicted to sugar. Think of it as a thought. The scientific evidence and scientific research to say that sugar is the most addictive substance. But what does it mean to be addicted to sugar? That's all that matters here, really. When you say to yourself you're addicted to sugar, it tends to, you tend to think that it's really difficult for you because you're, you know, the special person, the unique snowflake. That is addicted to sugar. And I'm, I'm sort of like saying this in jest here. We all think that all, you know, it's just the way humans operate and humans think. So I'm not judging you this. But if you think you're addicted to sugar, you, you are going to think it's more difficult for you to stop eating sugar than it is the next person who you think probably isn't addicted to sugar. And as I said, there's a lot of scientific evidence. What I want to say to you here, though, is thinking that you are addicted to sugar. When you think that something that you are addicted to means that you, it is very difficult for you to give it up. We think about being addicted to drugs and addicted to alcohol. It's very well documented how addictions are very difficult to overcome. You having the thought you're addicted to sugar is not useful and not helpful. And what's going on when we eat sugar? Yes, sugar is impacting what's going on in your brain, your body, your mind, and your emotions. But I want you to see that thinking you're addicted to sugar is not useful and is not helpful. 
Okay, you might want to replace that thought with, I'm figuring out how to desire sugar less. So when we notice thoughts that are unhelpful with our weight loss, we don't want to suddenly think like, oh my gosh, I I can't think that because that's going to stop me losing weight. What we want to notice is that we're human. We have all of these thoughts all of the time. We can notice them and we can upgrade them. And we can use the thoughts that we don't want to have that hinder our weight loss as reminders that we want to think something different. So if you have almost all as a mantra, oh, I'm so addicted to sugar. I'm so addicted to sugar. So I'm saying it again. I tell myself I'm addicted to sugar. What do I want to remember to think? Okay, yeah, I'm figuring out how to want sugar or desire sugar less. Another one, it's normal to eat bread. It's normal to eat bread. Okay, again, we can argue. We can argue a case of it's normal to eat bread. It might be if we said it's normal to eat bread in the modern world. That might be true. It's more normal to eat bread in the modern world, in the UK, in the US. More true because, you know, in Asia, it would be, you know, it's more normal to eat rice, for example. You know, a thousand years ago, I, actually, I don't actually know when bread started being made, but at some point it wasn't normal to eat bread. OK, bread is a processed food. Does bread help or hinder your weight loss? Well, it probably depends how um, the type of bread you eat and how frequently you eat it. Um, how your body personally, how sensitive it is to refined carbohydrates and bread is a refined carbohydrate. But I know a lot of the ladies that I work with, when they reduce and they cut out eating bread, they find they lose weight much more easily than before when they were eating bread. So this is the sort of thing I want you to think like if you're thinking, well, I don't want to not eat bread because it's normal. That's a thought that's hindering your weight loss. You want to be digging much deeper and thinking about the impact that eating bread is having on you personally. I don't want to deny myself any foods. Okay, I don't want to deny myself any foods. I hear this one quite a lot, actually. Why don't you want to deny yourself any foods? Why don't you want to deny yourself foods that are making you sick, that are making you less healthy, that are contributing towards, you know, it could be type 2 diabetes, it could be heart disease, if you keep eating them, may contribute to lessening your life, okay? Just it's like questioning and challenging your own thinking. Why don't you want to? So just sort of think about that there. I need to have three full meals and two snacks a day. Why? Always ask yourself why. All of these thoughts that you have, you want to, don't judge yourself for them. Open yourself up and be curious about them. Isn't it fascinating that I think I need to have three full meals and two snacks a day? By the way, this is really normal. This is probably majority of people probably think this way, but you don't. Okay, you're we're animals. We're humans, but we are animals. Do other animals have three full meals and two snacks a day? Okay. When you sleep at night, how long do you go without food? How does your body survive? Well, it uses on onboard fat and energy resources. Okay, you want to give your body, if you're overweight, a chance to use your onboard fat and energy resources. That might mean that you don't eat three full meals and have two snacks a day. Now, if you have currently having three full meals and three snacks a day, then three full meals and two snacks a day might be a good something for you to experiment with. Or it might be more about changing the snacks that you're eating. So I'm not saying that no one should be snacking, but your body doesn't need you to be snacking. Okay, but you'd want to make changes to get to that point gradually. You might decide that you don't need to, that actually you can lose weight and be the weight you want to be on three full meals and two snacks a day. But I want you to know you don't need them in the way that you're maybe telling yourself that you do. It's not normal to say I won't eat pasta. It's a bit of the, the same with the bread one, really. 
The last time I ate pasta was in Italy last year. I did go to Italy again this year. I was planning to have some, but didn't get around to it. But so I don't eat pasta regularly. I used to eat pasta all of the time because it was so quick and easy. So someone's asking about quick and quick and easy meals. That used to be my quick and easy go-to. But now I just feel so sluggish. It's not quite insulin sensitive. Um, so I don't eat pasta anymore. The only thing that works for me at sandwich is a lunch at lunchtime is a sandwich. Okay, where's this? This is like societal conditioning. We eat sandwiches at lunchtime. Again, it's not necessarily necessary. It's not true. Um, right, let me move on to, so I want you to do some of your own work on this with the worksheet. About eating to lose weight, thought errors that often come up here. Saying no to people when they offer you food. I don't want to upset them by not having cake. Most people are not upset when we say no thank you when we're offered something. But we all go around, and it's probably because we're all trying to be such well-behaved people that it's being polite or it might, it's being inconsiderate, okay? If you are insulin resistant, pre-diabetic, type 2 diabetic, take care of yourself and say, no, thank you. I appreciate that it might be occasions when you want to have cake. If it's a close family member, parent or a child, you probably want to join in and celebrate and have cake with them as a part of their birthday celebrations. But not when every, you know, every other person at work has their birthday every other day. And you don't, you hardly even know them, but you don't want to say no to the cake they offer you because you don't want to offend them start to think about it differently okay i'll be left out if i don't eat with them i'll be left out if i don't eat with them this might be people you know friends out having a meal people having dessert or maybe people having another drink i'll be left out well yes you might you might not like the fact you might sort of tell yourself that it feels a bit like you're missing out but what are you gaining by saying no thank you what are you gaining you are gaining health you're missing out on poorer health you are supporting your weight loss goals. You're missing out on not having the weight loss goals that you, goals that you want. Flip the sentence, look at it in different ways. I need to eat now so that I'm not hungry later. Actually, no, you don't need to eat now so that you're not hungry later. What you want to do if, is give your body a chance to use your onboard fat as a source of energy. Okay, um, another favorite, let's do one more. I can't eat what I want. You can always eat what you want. This is a leftover thought from diet mentality, where we tell ourselves, I can't have this because I'm on this diet. Really normal. You are a grown human adult. You can choose what you eat. You can choose to eat all of the refined, ultra-processed foods with added sugar, fat, flour, salt, all of the things. The truth is you don't want to, okay? The truth is you're here because you're wanting to lose weight. The truth is you don't want to eat those foods because you don't want what those eating all of those foods is going to do and give you. So stop telling yourself what you that you can't have certain foods and instead start telling yourself I'm a person who no longer wants to eat foods like that. Or I'm figuring out the fact that I don't want to eat foods like that. All right. So next worksheet, the food and weight loss beliefs worksheet time for you to take a look at that i'm going to put the time on i'm going to cut off the top of my head how many pages that one's got i'll have a look so maybe five minutes and then we will come back for q a so pop your questions in again there all right thanks everyone five minutes then let's see sarah says a thought that keeps coming up for her is that this is a lot of work okay so yeah i think it's really interesting isn't it I really enjoyed doing this work when I stopped focusing on trying to lose weight for dieting and started to try and understand myself better. 
So if you think this is a, a lot of work, I would start with asking yourself a couple of things is what, what, what about it do I think is a lot of work? Is that a problem? Why is that a problem? And you know, what do I want to do about it, really? I think that this approach to weight loss is very different to going on a diet. I don't necessarily think that it's more difficult. I don't necessarily think that it's more time consuming. I think that you get a lot more back from the time and the effort that you put into it because I don't think it's ever wasted, right? I think sometimes the time and effort we're put into, we put into like a temporary diet is easily not necessarily 100% wasted, but we don't feel the longer term benefits of that. When I'm noticing that something feels hard or difficult, I like to think about whether or not it's worth the effort. What have you got to gain here? Is what you've got to gain from this worth the amount of work that you put in? I think the amount of work you probably want to put into this is about 15 minutes a day. When we are looking at understanding ourselves, noticing what is going on for us, I talk about habit of journaling inside of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. It's learning how to pay attention to you, to what you're eating, how you're eating, what's going on with food in your body, how you're thinking, how you're feeling, all of these things. We're so bad at paying attention to ourselves. It's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous if we think about it. We don't pay attention to ourselves. It's very normal to just exist. I think you are worth paying attention to. I think all of us are worth having our own attention paid to us as women of the age that we are. There's a very lot of good girl syndrome, pleasing people syndrome. I really recommend you take time for you. Don't think of this as work. I think of this as, as an investment, investment in your time, in your energy. Think of it as an investment in you and think about the benefits, weight loss, improved health, include improved psychological well-being. What will all of those give you? possibly potentially longer life, potentially being able to be more active and travel more in your older age, being around for grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all of those things. Just sort of like, you know, if you find yourself thinking that, I'm not sure if this is worth the work or it's a lot of work, it's like, yeah, it is It is a bit of work and I'm worth it. And it's probably, it could be the most important work I ever do. That's something that I like to think about it as well. Pam says she's struggling with thinking feeling that she's mad that she cannot eat what I want. Okay, so we touched on this a little bit. When you think you can't eat what you want, it's really important you show yourself that thought is not true. You can eat whatever you want and you also need to accept the consequences that come with that. I get get that when we eating what we want is going to lead us to be unhealthy. We tell ourselves we can't eat that way or else we'll be unhealthy. Or we can't eat that way because we'll get even fatter. It doesn't, it's not true. We can eat that way. Yes, we might gain weight. Yes, we might be like less healthy, but that's still our choice. There's no moral judgment in that. You're not a lesser person. There's no right or wrong. You want to fully empower yourself to own your choice. You get to choose exactly how you eat and the consequences that come with that. Okay. It is, I promise you, it's your choice. So anytime you find yourself telling yourself, I can't have that, it's like, no, hang on a minute, I can have that. I know my primal brain wants that. I know my human brain, my mother brain doesn't want me to have that. And I know that future me will appreciate me for not having it. But it's still it's still not true that I can't have it. Okay, so just really sort of think about 
what you want to say to yourself around those areas there. Attendee says, I struggle with the fact that it seems to take I struggle with the fact that it seems to take an insurmountable amount of effort to make any progress at all. With a vast amount of weight to lose for stone, this is quite defeating. Okay. So again, this is I guess similar in some ways, but it seems to take an insurmountable amount of effort. So that is a that feels like the truth to you, this insurmountable amount of effort. That is a thought. When, how would you define an insurmountable amount of effort? This is really important. This is starting to get into the nitty gritty of it here now. What does an insurmountable effort look like? If you want to go ahead and put that in the comments, I'd really appreciate it. Because then we can actually talk about that with a bit more detail. You also have a thought that four stone is a vast amount of weight to lose. I work with lots of women that have 10 and more stone weight to lose. So four stone might seem like a vast amount of weight to lose for you but for some women they would love to only have four stone to lose okay it's all how we think about it the problem is when we think we have a vast amount of weight to lose we think we're sort of like caught up in oh it's going to take too long I'll never get there all of these things um, and that makes weight loss more difficult so you say so an insult what was the an insurmountable amount of effort equates to increased exercise and reduced food intake, cut out all sweets, etc., and then to then gain three pounds on the scale. OK, so a couple of things. We want to change how we're thinking about this to make it easier. So increased exercise would not be an insurmountable amount of effort if you could find exercise that you enjoyed. And that might look like walking or swimming or dancing but what is some form of movement that you enjoy? I would encourage you to look at that. Reduced food intake. Why is reduced food intake an insurmountable effort for you? Okay, and I pre- really appreciate what you're saying because it can. I've been there and it feels so difficult. But what I want you to know is that when you start looking at what's going on for you, what's going on in your brain, what's going on in your body, I want to say one thing which is if your hormone levels are imbalanced, if your insulin is imbalanced, you are going to feel much more hungry than if and when it's balanced. And so it's possible that reducing your food intake feels really difficult when your insulin levels are not balanced because you're so hungry. But actually, once you learn how to balance your insulin levels, you're not going to be hungry. You're going to more easily go between meals, go between four and six hours and not feel hungry at all. And cutting out sweets, etc. Why do you want to eat sweets? We think we want to eat sweets because they taste delicious, but often it's more about what we're getting from them emotionally. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I also want to say that you don't need to lose four stone in order to get the benefits, the payoff from what you are looking to achieve with making your changes. So it's possible that after just one or two weeks, you will start to feel so much better that you will start to see that you're getting the benefit to make that insurmountable amount of effort worthwhile in just a couple of weeks. You don't need to wait until you've lost full stone because when we're on a downward trajectory, when we're starting to incorporate those you know, better habits, we're going to quickly feel better about ourselves because we do, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, the way in which we are conditioned by society when we are losing weight, we feel better about ourselves. Okay, might be wrong, but it's probably truth for most of us. We're going to have more energy because of how we're eating. We might notice reduced inflammation, less brain fogginess, less tiredness, easier to, um, you know, I used to 
get out of bed and walk down the stairs and my ankles like almost like creaked and were a bit sore. It was just normal to me until I lost weight and I felt started to feel better. You won't know until you start losing weight how impactful that will feel before, way before you've lost four stone. So I just want to say that to you there. Juliet says, I think my question is similar because as you know, I've tried before. And then it seems as if I have too many other urgent priorities and then I don't prioritise this. I know I want to write now, but I don't want to repeat old patterns. Okay, so it's really normal as well to try things. Juliet's worked with me before and then we get distracted or other priorities come along and we worry that if we sort of come back to it, the same will happen again. What I really encourage you to do is to think about when you started to lose, you know, prioritizing yourself, paying attention, whatever, however you describe that, whatever that looks like for you, start to, if you can, think back to what was going on for you. Because what you want to be able to do is nobody's weight loss journey is a perfect path downwards, either in weight loss and numbers coming down the scales, nor in consistency of what they're doing. Um, knowing consistency of what they're doing. It's going to be a series of up and downs. You want to know where you are and you want to know where you're headed. And you want to know when you're off track so you can bring yourself back. So the key thing is going to be not, you know, getting distracted, not finding other things, get in the way of prioritizing yourself. The key thing that you're going to want to do is to learn what to do when that happens so that you can bring yourself back on track. And so what you want to be doing is looking out for that happening and not think, oh, my gosh, it's happened again. But like, OK, this is a part. This is a part of my life. This is a part of who I am. Prioritizing myself is difficult. Life throws all sorts of things at me all of the time. I want to I, the skill I want to learn is how I stay focused on me in amongst all of that. And that's a skill. The only way you can learn that skill is by allowing it to happen learning, seeing, observing it, seeing what's going on and bringing yourself back. Um, I often say that it's a bit like learning to surf, not like I've ever learned to surf. You cannot learn to surf without getting on a surfboard and falling off over and over and over again. So you might read a book about surfing, you might watch a video on surfing, but still, until you get out in the sea on a surfboard and experience the falling off, it's the falling off that teaches you how to stay on. And it's the same with this process as well. But the problem is not in the falling off. The problem is in the giving up when you're falling off. And you want to, the quicker you get back on, the quicker you keep going. So the more times you fall off and get back on and then um, learn a bit more and fall off, the better you're going to learn about you know, stamina and balance and I don't know, wave flow or whatever. I've, I've no idea what the language for any of this is. But anyway, but that's how you learn all of that, okay? It's repeatedly failing as often as possible, as quickly as possible, helps you learn so that you start to build some consistency. So how to keep this a top priority in my life at this time. And it might be that you decide what you want your journey to look like. This question is also from Juliet. When it is a top priority in your life and when it's not. So it might be you know, recognising there's going to be times in my life when this isn't going to be a top priority. But what I do in those periods is I manage my weight, I maintain it. And then as soon as I can take a deep breath and focus on me again, then we come back on that downwards path. Rather than thinking if I can't be on the downwards path, then I might as well be on an upwards path. It's like maybe it's going to be like, you know, a bit of downwards, a bit of maintenance, a bit of downwards, a bit of maintenance. And what you want to learn to do is to how to keep yourself at a high enough priority so that you start don't start to sort of flip back and gain weight. 
Yeah, I have 10 uh, stone to go. I can understand the idea of having to work at this for so long. Okay. Why well, I want to, so what's really important is that you figure out how to enjoy the journey and how to enjoy the process and start to show yourself that you can feel better at lots of different increments along those journeys. No matter how much weight you have to lose, you want all you've got to do is get really good at losing the next pound. Once you're really good at consistently losing a pound, you just have to repeat that over and over and over and over again. So I just want you to know if you've got a lot of weight to lose, you don't have to lose all that weight in order to reap the benefits that you want to reap. So the emotional benefits and the physical benefits from weight loss, you're going to start feeling those much earlier than that. All right. Thanks, Juliet. All right. So next we are going to move on to your emotions. Let me just stop. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The program offers different levels of support to suit you, including self-paced learning, twice weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.